Welcome back to episode 8 of the tutorial podcast. Great episode this week. Great interview. We're talking real estate with a 20-year-old real estate agent. 20 years old. Great guest. Great episode. Great interview. Let's go. Hit the music. Episode 8 of the Tutorial Podcast. I am your host as always, Jared Rubino. If you are new here and this is your first time listening, welcome. Be sure to check out the Instagram and Twitter pages, and that is at Tutorial Podcast. Again, that is at Tutorial Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe and leave a rating. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button. And for those who are diehard listeners of the show, um, little different release date this week. Usually we put episodes out on a Tuesday. Um, this episode's going to be released on a little on Saturday, a little Saturday special, because this is a special interview. It's a special guest. It's a special conversation. I really do believe so. I've wanted an episode on real estate because if you're in the business world, you're told get into real estate, invest in real estate. All right, what does that mean? If you're graduating college or you already have graduated and you've been working a job for a couple of years, now you have to get your first apartment. Now you have to get your first house. You're becoming independent fully for the first time ever. Where do you start? How do you even do that? Where do you even look? You know, no one tells you this. So I really wanted a conversation on how that, how that world even works. You know, where to even begin? Where to even start? What goes on in that world? And so I came across a guy named Julian Fuentes of Family Real Estate in New Jersey. I knew him because I think we followed each other on social media. I knew he went to my school, but I thought he graduated a couple of years ago, to be honest. It wasn't until I actually went there and interviewed him that I realized this guy was younger than I was. He's 20 years old, working for the real estate company, being a real estate agent, the CEO and creator of his own marketing agency and that blew my mind it really did to see this young guy accomplishing so much in just a few even just he's been starting this for a year he's been doing this for less than a year and he's already accomplished so much and so it was an amazing opportunity to pick his brain to be able to talk to be able to have that dialogue on just everything he's been through and what he's learned i think it's a great conversation a great interview and no matter what industry you're in, it doesn't even have to be real estate. Just to see a 20-year-old entrepreneur, you know, living his dream out and being very successful at it is really impressive. And I think anyone, no matter how old you are, can learn from this. And so it was a pleasure. He invited me out to his office to record. Uh, really appreciative of that. And I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. I really hope you guys have some uh, great takeaways, some great... Uh, Advice that you could apply to yourself no matter how old you are, whether you have real estate, whether you're trying to get into real estate, to buy your first home, to buy your first apartment. And at the very least, be proud and be inspired of a young kid taking on the world head on. So here he is. Here is this week's interview, this week's tutorial on real estate 
with Julian Fuentes of Family Real Estate. All right, I am now joined by a very special guest. He is the VP of Development at Family Real Estate. He is Julian Fuentes. Julian, thank you so much for being here. Today. Jared, it's, it's a pleasure for me. It really is. It's nice to know that you're, you're doing amazing work with the podcast. And when you told me about this opportunity, I was like, definitely, we have to do this. And I'm really excited to be here. So for those who do not know you, how would you describe yourself? How would you describe your family business? How would you describe what you do? Because you're a 20-year-old real estate agent. That's insane. So in your own words, what do you do? And how, how are you able to do it? So in my own words, I'm a marketer. I, I, I wouldn't say that I am any of the titles that you could possibly call me. I, I do VP of development, a family. I, I have my own marketing firm. But in my own words, I just market things. And so some of the things that I market are homes and I market myself. And so for me, my passion has always been marketing. I never knew specifically where I wanted to allocate my passion. Um, but being in the family business, uh, my, my father opened family real estate about 15 years ago almost. Um, he has about that same time of experience. He opened it right after the market crash happened in 2008. He was like, let's go into real estate, which is the, probably the worst decision that you would think of um, in 2008. But he was like, nope, let's do it. And um, I think that a lot of things, a lot of the traits that I have now I got from him because he was very much of an innovator in the sense that he saw an opportunity when it came to short sales. And so nobody knew how to do short sales, but he was like, I'm going to learn how to do a short sale. I'm going to do a short sale. I'm going to make money out of doing short sales. And in an era where nobody was making money in real estate anymore, and he made money out of it. And then he started coaching people on how to do it. And so that that's where family real estate kind of grew and was able to stabilize itself during a time where a lot of brokerages were closing down big name brokerages here in Jersey and in New York. Um, so that's where family real estate really began. Now we're talking about that's 15 years ago. My, my father worked in this for by himself uh, for more than a decade. And now just till this year, I, I decided to join him. I got my real estate license. I was like, let's do this. We're going fully in. Um, I come fully in. I, my first thing is rebrand, rebrand for family real estate, because if you're going to enter real estate completely re-innovated, then you just have to enter into the modern world, you know? And so we fully equipped ourselves with our my father's experience with anything that I know about marketing and anything that we could possibly know about what's to come. And so our main target is always to offer the best experience to the client, but also to always provide the newest technology and the newest tactics when it comes to selling um, for our clients and for our agents. And so, and again, you just got into this game. You yeah. just started. But in that short time that you've been here, do you want to just briefly touch on what you've been able to accomplish, like the amount of the type of homes you've been able to sell? Yeah. So. I've struck a lot of deals in, in nice places. I started in Scotch Plains, which I think I'm very fortunate for a lot of opportunity because a lot of people um, end up having to start, you know, in a, in a lower price range. I started selling a house for almost $700,000 in Scotch Plains. Um, when I saw that check, I was, okay, I definitely have to do this. I have to get into real estate even more. Um, ever since then, I think we've closed about almost $6 million in sold volume. Um, our, my latest a prize, I guess you could call it, is the fact that I just got a listing at the Trump Plaza in Jersey City. That's also going for seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. That's that's like my baby right now, and it and I say that in the sense that it's work to get to that point. You know, a lot of people might not see it from the outside, but it has to do with how you're marketing yourself, and it has to do with with the, what type of ambition you have. Because the average real estate agent will not get a luxury listing till they're five years into the business, and for me to do it in my first less than six months in the business is a pretty big deal. Um, and so I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed in the fact that I'm able to have this ambition, have the experience that I have in, in marketing, and, and that's how we're growing. And so for those that don't know the industry that well, that don't know how real estate works, so there's a 
uh, property that you're going to sell. Yes. What do you have to do in order to sell it? How long does that take? And then what do you get out of it? Okay. So whether I'm, if I'm representing the buyer, in which case my first transaction, I was representing the buyer for most transactions I do as of right now. Um, I have to find the perfect home for them. But first I have to kind of pre-qualify them, which means that I tell them what they're approved for. They can go for a house in this price range. Once we have that number, they look, look for a house, they take their decisions, they put in the offer. The offer is either rejected, counter-offered, accepted. We hope that it gets accepted because that way we can continue with the transaction. After that goes anything that has to do with appraisals, inspections, stuff that approves them that they're good, they're ready to buy the house completely. And once the process is done, I always like to make sure that I keep up um, with my clients, make sure that whenever they're ready to sell in the future, that they can look back and say, Julian did a really good job finding us this home. I think it's time that we give this home to him back so that he can sell it. When it comes to selling a property, everything is marketing. Especially right now in the current real estate market, a lot of people talk about what type of experience do you have? Clients are no longer asking that. Clients don't care what type of experience you have. They want to see what you can do specifically for their property. And so what I like to do is I like to do a lot of customized infographics. I like to do a lot of things that many other agents aren't doing. Um, something as simple of, as our listing presentations is completely re-innovated from what you would expect from the average brokerage. And so when you say a lot of people have told me this, Oh, I like what you just presented me. Where are you from again? And I say family real estate. They're like, I've never heard of that brokerage. How come I haven't heard of you guys? You guys have such a nice look. You guys do everything nice. You guys are very professional. You guys are doing a lot of deals, but I've never heard of you because we just re-innovated ourselves, right? And so I think that that just goes to show that it doesn't matter what point you start in the race. If, if you actually want to go fully into this and you're going to make it. And so you just started it again at 20 years old. And we talked earlier, you said that before you took over, this place was completely different. The logo was different, the office yeah. was different. So what enabled you to come in right away and say, hey, we gotta change this, we gotta do this, because it's your dad, yeah. right? So yeah. how do you say, dad, I know where we could take this and we have to change, we have to make these changes and I know we could take this even further. Yeah, so so just a little background on my dad, he's an immigrant from El Salvador. Um, he came here about 23 years of age, 21 years of age. Um, and so for him to get this far is a huge accomplishment, right? Uh, to open up his own brokerage, to be successful in real 100%. estate, um, to become a broker in real estate, That's those are all great accomplishments for him. Um, but taking it onto the next step, that's kind of my job. And so now what I first had to do was, okay, how do I get prepared before I get my real estate license? And I think that that's a very important step, whether you're going into any career, anything that you want to do, any project that you're going to go into, get educated on the big people in that in that project, right? And so I, what I did is a year, two years, three years before this, I was already moving. People had no clue who I was going to be. People had no clue that I was this kid learning everything I could about marketing. And I was 24-7 on YouTube, literally. I did. I can't say that I spent money on crazy courses that were like the hacks to Instagram marketing, the hacks to doing real estate and be successful, the hacks to getting listings. I never did any of that. Everything for me was pure YouTube. Um, everything was the education that could, that I could get for free. That's what I did. I did everything that I possibly could. Um, I didn't even get to the idea because, to be honest with you, it's complicated to get into real estate. Right? A lot of people are like, it's super easy. Go get your license. You're in. You need to have a plan to get into real estate. And so for me, I always found that even though my father had a brokerage, this brokerage was not what it is now, obviously. You know, it was... It was a completely different look from the office uh, to the experience um, to how everything was being managed. It was more of a homey type of vibe, I guess you could call it in the sense. Um, but I wanted to make it into something more professional. And so taking over family real estate 
really had to do with rebranding. It had to do with, all right, let's set everything. Now let's have a structure. Let's have a foundation into how we're going to be doing business. I still remember, I was talking about nine months ago, last summer, I was door dashing. That's, that was my summer job last summer. I was door dashing. Um, and what I would do is, first of all, I had no clue like that this would happen six months um, from that point. Um, it was during the pandemic and I was door dashing. I, I like to go, at least I always had that vision of I want to get into real estate. So I was like, let me go to Westfield because Westfield is a nice area. I live in Elizabeth. Westfield is 10 minutes away. I was like, let's go to downtown Westfield. I would just park there and wait for any deals that would come in for DoorDash. And I would go and deliver food to these like $3 million houses, $2 million houses, and all these like very luxurious houses. And, and that sparked something in me, you know, to see these people are having such a good life. There's such amazing real estate just 10 minutes away from where I live. Why am I not in real estate? I could, just as much as I am right now in that point, I was door dashing, I could be doing real estate. And so that's where I sparked, okay, well, how am I going to get into it? What steps do I have to take? And my first step was I have to open a marketing firm, which for a lot of people was crazy because when you think of a marketing firm, you're probably going to think of a big name marketing firm like Gary Vee, right? Uh, when he has VaynerMedia and they're huge. They do they do massive contracts with massive companies. And, and so how do you get to that for a 19-year-old kid and, and at that time, you know? And I was like, no, I want to do this for real estate professionals. I feel that I've accumulated enough experience that I could offer a service to people. But even I had a great fear in doing that. And so I opened up Signature Media. I started doing it for a couple of agents. And a lot of agents, I found out they were like, my brokerage is not offering me what you're offering me. Do you work somewhere? Are you going to get a real estate license anytime soon? Because if you are, I want to work with you. I don't know what, where you're going to go, but I want to go where you're going. Because it seems like you are offering a lot of things that the big name brokerages are not offering. And so that's when I was like, okay, that sounds very interesting. I, I accumulated the experience that I needed in marketing for real estate agents. I did it for my father first. He, he, he has always had a successful career, but his big boom came in when I started marketing him. And that's when he started to get 40 transactions, 50 transactions a year. And so that's when we saw a big change. And, and ever since now, the way that we're able to market ourselves and, and what we do is, is how we're be able to make so much success out of it. Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, um... In the matter of 12, less than 12 months, going from being a DoorDasher to getting commission on $700,000 homes is it's crazy. It, is. it really is a crazy journey. But, I mean, you're, again, 20 years old doing this. A lot of people our age, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-olds in college, we're not taught this. We're not taught about real estate. We're not taught about credit, about how to build up your credit scores. Yeah. And then when we get out of school, we need a college, we need a home, we need an apartment. We don't have, we're not able to, we don't have credit yeah. score. Yeah. So why is that such a problem? And, you know, what, how should that be fixed? I think that there's a problem with a lot of students, and I say this for myself uh, as well, um, whether you're working, whether you're not working, you're just a college student, a lot of people want to be independent. That's the dream, to be independent, to have your own home, to have your own life. You want to get away from your parents. But I feel that I, my biggest tip is live with your parents as long as you can. Uh, because even at my age, at 20 years old, I could be moving. I could be moving out. I could be looking for an apartment somewhere else. But being home is the best place that I could be, because first of all, I owe a lot to my parents, and so I feel that in independizing myself, I'm not being as grateful as I could possibly be to my parents for everything that they've done for me. And so I think that that's one thing. The mistake that a lot of students make is that they become independent way too early in their lives because they have this ambition that they're finally independent and their their life is going to change. When your life can change in your bedroom, right? You could just start making a business. You could, you even with school, you know, finish school. And so that's my biggest tip. 
when it comes to building a credit, a lot of people have this dream of building credit and they want to have a credit so they can get that nice car. They want to have a credit so that they can use it for these things that are not investments. And so the best, the best tip that I could give is when you're building a credit, first of all, there are so many YouTube videos. Something as simple as a YouTube video that teaches you what credit cards you can get. If you don't, if you're not approved for a credit card, if you already had a credit and you damaged your credit super badly, your credit's bad, get a prepaid card, right? Get, ask for a hundred bucks from a friend, for, from your parents, get a prepaid card. That's gonna build your credit. And, and as you start to build your credit, you, you might still be in school and you're working, but you're building your future. And so I think that that's important. Stay with your parents for as long as possible and build your credit in a healthy way. And then obviously once, you know, they do decide to become independent, they wanna go on, that's a very daunting task, trying to find your first apartment, your first house. Um, for the clients that you've had experience with so far, what have their biggest worries been in terms of buying a home, of trying to sell a home, and mostly our case, buying a home, like yeah. if they wanna buy a home, what are their biggest concerns and how are you able to like, help ease them and how are you able to solve their, their issues? So the, the main issue is, can I afford a house? Am I ready for this? Um, the second issue is, is this really an investment or is it just like getting into a car where it's gonna lose value every single year? And so for the first one, you are making the best decision of your life when you're finding an apartment, you're finding a home. In some cases, I even tell people, if you're working and you have a job or you have a paid internship, start saving that money. And by the time you're 21, you, you can purchase an apartment, you can purchase a home. You don't even necessarily have to do it for yourself. I recommend that you purchase the home, purchase the apartment, but rent it out. Right now, we're in, here in New Jersey, there's apartments are expensive. You know, rent is super expensive. A lot of people are leaving their apartments to look for a house because the house mortgage is possibly going to be least expensive than what they're paying right now for rent. And so that's my biggest, I think, tactic. That's what I'm aiming for myself. If I can just start investing into renting out a house, into renting out um, an apartment or even just flipping houses, that, that can, that's going to be your biggest investment. And so a lot of people fear, am I, making, am I making the right decision? Yes, you're making the right decision because even if you're going to live in that home, that home five years from now is not going to be worth the same amount. My house, where, where I live right now with my parents, that house was probably worth, what, $200,000 five years ago, seven years ago. Now that house is going for $600,000. That's a pretty big difference. And what did we do to it? We maintained the house and we lived in the house. That's pretty simple. You can do that. You can maintain the house. You can live in the house. So it's, it's never about being scared. It's just about choosing the right home. And that's, that's what we basically do with real estate, right? You have to choose the right amount because a lot of people like to go, of course, there's pre-qualifications and, and that helps you stay in, in line, but a lot of people go way over budget. And so always make sure that when you're choosing a home, you're choosing the best area that you possibly can because that's the biggest investment in a home. The fact that that area is going to develop into something much more than you can expect and that house is going to grow in value uh, because there are caps when it comes to value, you know? And so choosing the right place is one and two, choosing something that you can afford. You always want to choose a monthly payment that you're going to be comfortable with. And so I've had a lot of young couples, people that just got engaged, they're about to get married, and that's their main concern. They're probably right now, they have a stable job, they're working at somewhere nice, but they're afraid. They're afraid because they're, one, they're about to start a family, and that's already afraid, uh, something to be afraid of, and two, they're about to get their own house. And so they feel even more independent than they did before. And so those, that's a very important step, but it's just how you look at it. If you're able to look at it as an investment, it becomes much less scary. And you just started during the pandemic, right? Yes. Has that impacted your business at all and how you do business? And do you expect it to change drastically, you know, as we're getting out of this? 
Yeah, real estate is is there's a wave always going on with real estate, right? So real estate can go up and real estate can go down. You, you saw 2008 real estate completely crashed, um, and you see now 2021 houses are selling seventy thousand dollars over asking price, and that's crazy. So the main thing that I can do right now is not get crazy over how much money I might be making, how much sales are we doing, right? The, the number one thing that I can do is save because what happened in 2008, and I, and I say this in more in the real estate sector, is that a lot of brokerages ended up going out of business because they did not invest in their own business. They were not investing in their growth. They were not investing in the money that, they were, that was coming into the brokerage. And so the best thing that we can do is make, make sure that we're securing our future and not just what we're doing right now. During the pandemic, real estate went crazy. Everyone started all of a sudden wanting to buy. A lot of people were afraid. And, and I saw this with my father. I, I, we were talking about what, March last year, a lot of people who were about to, to buy a house, who were about to sell a house, were, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe it was a couple of days before closing day and they're like, I'm, I'm afraid, to, I'm hearing about COVID, we have to not do this anymore. And so that did happen. At, at the beginning of the pandemic now that we're at the end of the pandemic people are going crazy the spring market is just as it was any other spring market has been in any other over a year but the only difference is that now houses are selling faster now there's lower inventory because houses are going so fast and so as as it goes you know there's always a wave in, in how real estate works but it's just how we get adapted to it making sure that whatever moves we're doing are the best intelligent move that we can do and then one of the things I love about your business, too, is we talked about this earlier. Not only do you serve the clients with the million-dollar homes or $700,000 yeah. homes, but also, you know, the ones that are like more affordable for people our age, right? Yeah. So for someone, again, our age, maybe trying to find their first place, mm -hmm. what should they expect? Like, what? How long should this process be? If they have to move in, let's say, in a certain date, how far in advance should they plan this? Um, do you suggest that they try, make sure they don't get the first place they see? They look at other places. So... What advice would you give them? Because, again, they're not really taught. You're not taught in college not. what to do when you have to buy a home. You're not taught like what the steps are and yeah. make sure you get the best uh, you know, mortgage possible. Yeah. So what advice would you give for those? So the first advice is obviously um, save up. Save up because whatever down payment you're giving, you're investing into the house. You always want to give the, the greatest amount that you can possibly give into the house so that your monthly page payment can be as low as possible. There are always loan programs that can help you as as not just as a student but as someone who's buying their house for the first time that can get you get the best interest rate uh get, give a good amount of down payment for a good monthly payment and so that's the first thing the second thing is always the first home that you're getting is not going to be the mansion that you want and so we tell that people that are 21 and people that are 40 50 60 if they're buying the first house sometimes even if it's their second house that that house might not be the ideal house right now but I don't want you to look at what you're buying right now. I want you to look at what it can become. And so when people are buying a house, and at least when I'm showing houses, and we're talking about more on the lower price range for people that are new into real estate, I like to see the potential in the house. Um, I like to see what you can do with the house. Does, is the area good? Is the location gonna benefit you or is it gonna damage you when you're trying to sell the house? That's a very important step. And the second thing is, can you afford the house, right? Are you getting into something that's gonna be a headache or are you actually gonna enjoy living in this house? And so a lot of people end up going for the lower end house only because they see greater potential. They're going to have a good life because they're going to have fun renovating that house. At least I love everything that's designed 
and I know that when I buy my house, that's how I want to buy my house. I want to buy something that is as torn up as possible because I love seeing the seeing the potential in things. I saw the potential in this business. I see the potential in houses. And so whenever I get something, I want to make sure that it's something that I can invest my money into. And investing in real estate is never going to go bad. You're never losing your money. And so that's what I recommend, especially for younger couples. Um, even even people that choose to go to a nicer area. Like my first transaction was for a couple that just got engaged. Um, they were about to have their first baby. Um, and they bought a house in Scotch Plains. The house was a bit on the higher end, but the house did work. But why was the house worth so much? Because of the area. And so they did a good purchase because they're buying something that they can invest money into. Something that has a lot of time to grow in value. And so I think that that's my best tip is always buy something that you can see growth in. And you mentioned this earlier, um, the second part of your advice, but and this may sound stupid, but again, a lot of people think this. How do I know what I can afford? Everything, everything works, first of all, with what professional you're working with. Um, and second of all, making sure that you're managing yourself, right? It's two different things because we, you can come to me and you can tell me that you, that you do this, that you do that. And, and of course, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always here working for you, but it's also how you manage yourself. And I think that this is specifically for younger people. If you're able to manage your life right now, if you start working on your credit right now, if you start working on your savings right now, if you start limiting yourself just a little every single week, if you start limiting yourself on the amount of times that you're going out and spending money, if you're limiting yourself on what type of car you're getting and how much you're owing for that car, if you, if you can do those little, those little things, you're already helping me out when you come to me in five years from now to buy a house and you're helping yourself out, right? Because a lot of people come into this and they find out that they can't afford a house, not because of the numbers, but more because they weren't able to manage stuff that they can't manage at this point. If you're not able to manage your credit right now, it's only going to become harder to manage it later on. So it's like when you're in school, you start freshman year with a good GPA, you started fresh, you started good, you're most likely gonna have a good rest of three years right or if you have a second year that is not as good that won't affect your gpa as much gpa as much right but on the other hand if you don't start good and you start very bad your gpa is low there's nothing good going on then your other three years won't be as successful or you won't you're gonna have to work a little harder to get it up and so that's the first thing that i always tell people how are you doing right now and if you can't purchase a home right now what steps do we need to take but as always we always make sure that whoever is purchasing a house is is insured you know somebody who our lenders are always making sure that they can truly afford this house and we're always making sure that everyone is happy in their house and you mentioned this you, know, you mentioned this briefly and i kind of want you to expand more on this but you know someone in college right now let's just say someone our age um what you know, they think oh i'm making 100 bucks a week what like how can i be doing something what could they be doing what steps could they be putting in place to make sure that they're building that credit score, that they're working towards this? So it may not seem like much right now, yeah. but further down the line, when you're ready to buy a home, ready to buy an apartment, you know, you're going to put yourself in a really good spot. Okay. So first of all, educate yourself as much as possible on what you're owing, right? If whatever things that you're owing, if you're, if you're paying rent, or if, you're, if you're paying for your car, make sure that you know those amounts, make sure that you're able to control that amount. The second thing that I would say is how... How are you spending your money, right? And so right now, you might not be able to invest in a house. You don't have that type of money. But what you can do is make sure that when you're building your credit, the first step that you have to do is obviously get a credit card, right? Start building a credit card um, inventory. And the second thing that you want to do is don't don't go crazy with the money that the credit card is giving you, right? If the credit card limit is $500, 
just do 30% of that per month. And so that's the biggest tip that I've given at least college students. I've worked with a lot of students that are renting apartments, right? And they always ask me, okay, I'm getting this apartment. Um, and it's good. It's good. They're getting an apartment. They need the apartment because they might be from another state or something like that. Um, so that's good. But how are you looking into buying a house, right? Because you're going to graduate two, three years from now. And you're going to be at a completely different step of your life. You're going to have a college degree. You're going to be looking for a full-time job in a pretty good company. And what have you done in the past three years in college? How did you prepare for that house? I think that that's something that's really important. So the biggest thing is make sure that whatever money you're spending, that you're spending wisely. Make sure that even if you can, even if you can invest now, invest now. There's things, there's things like Robinhood now. You go on that app and you can make money out of that, right? <clears throat> Just to give you an example, I... I invested as little as fifty dollars on Dogecoin, right? Oh yeah. When it was, <laughs> that's, when it was a talk, like, that's a talk of the yeah, town right now. When it was like I don't know what, like thirty-seven cents. In that week, it doubled. So I made a hundred dollars. Okay, so that was that was pretty good. I doubled it. Imagine how much more you could do if you had done a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. And for college students, this is honestly something they can do, right? They, they they can limit themselves a little on what they're spending weekly, and they can start investing a little. And so that I think that that's the greatest tactic. Always make sure that you're opening a path for your future. And just so everyone knows, we are not financial advisors. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, is, that is at your own risk. Um, but so you, I know, again, I mentioned this like three times already, but you just started, right? Yes. Have you, have you, what have you learned along the way? Have you made some mistakes? Are there things you wish you did differently? Or, you know, because you're still brand new to this. And yeah. it's, a, it's a very complex industry yeah it is so i what do you what have you learned just in the short amount of time and that you want to uh implement moving forward real estate is aggressive um if you want to get into real estate make sure that you're ready to get yelled at make sure that you're ready for people to hang up on you um when i'm getting when i'm trying to obtain listings um even sometimes with buyers people sometimes don't know about the process they get frustrated with the process they probably think that they can sell their house on their own and so they're really aggressive I wouldn't just say that some for clients, even sometimes with agents, you know. And so the way that you conduct yourself, I think, is the number one thing that I can do right now. Why? Because I'm fresh in this. I've got five months in this. What type of reputation and building for myself is going to help me in the next 10 years? And if I have a good reputation, not just with my colleagues in the office, but with other agents, that's going to help me in the future, right? No one wants to work with an agent that isn't flexible, that isn't cooperative. No one wants to work with a client that isn't cooperative. And so I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned is no matter how aggressive this business can be, the best thing that you can do is always think tomorrow is a new day. Whenever you're approaching a new transaction, a new client, whenever you're trying to scout a new agent, at least in my case for the brokerage, I always try to make sure that I, I emphasize the biggest things that I can out of that transaction. And so some transactions have been very tough. Some transactions are, are you know, sometimes moments from falling apart. And so how do you how do you react to that, right? Because everything is always on the line in real estate. Just as how we're at right now, I could be doing super good in the next three months, next four months, everything could be completely fine. And so it's how I'm saving, how I'm investing, and how I'm looking at the situation. And you mentioned this too, like people, some people try to do it all on their own, right? Yeah. So why are why is it so beneficial for the buyer and the seller to go with a real estate agent? Yeah. So I'll give you why it's beneficial for the buyer, for the seller. And inclusively for some agents, right? To work to work alongside not just with me but with my brokerage. And so from the buyer perspective, I think that the areas that we work in, um, a lot of there's a lot of Latinos, right? And so we've learned this over the years that it's important to educate. And what we mainly focus on when we're working with buyers is educating the buyer on how the transaction is going to go. 
we don't we don't want them to think that we're doing something that isn't right we don't want to put them in a, in a difficult situation once they've already purchased the house so we educate them as much as possible on what they can afford on how the transaction is going to go and on what type of house house they're looking for some people come into this office and they're like I want a house for a million dollars, but we're not there yet. We have to work step by step, right? So we educate them on seeing the beauty and getting their first house and how they can bring that house to to, to move on to the second house, to the third house, and then get to the million dollar house. And so that's for the buyers. For the sellers, something that we do is it's basically everything that's marketing. And so that's something that we offer our sellers that they can't do on their own. When somebody's trying to sell their house on their own, they don't have the gadgets that we can offer them. They don't have the experience that we can offer them. And they don't have the, the client database that we can offer them, right? And a lot of people say this. That a lot of people offer you client database. I know how to get to the clients. I know I have a lot of clients that bought houses. It's more about how you can get to the new clients, right? There's a lot of people, for example, that are moving from New York to New Jersey. There's, there's the plenty of reasons why they're doing that. But they're moving down here. Everything's moving down here. And so how we're able to offer our sellers to get to those targeted audiences is very important. Specifically for me, when I talk with sellers, I like to tell them, we're going to reach different targeted audiences. We're going to offer your house to your neighbors, to the people that have no clue about you, but they're probably in the town next door. They don't even know what you're selling your house. And we're going to offer your house to the people that are up in New York. They live in Brooklyn in a super expensive, super tiny apartment, and they're looking for a pretty big house, just like yours down here in New Jersey. We're going to offer them your house. We know how to get to those people. We offer people marketing things that no one else is offering them right now. Not just agents, but brokerages that big name brokerages are not offering right now. So that's the best thing that we can do for sellers. And it, when it comes to our agents, we we make sure to explode our agents as much as possible. When I was telling you this earlier, because you, you asked me, you know, why, why are we, we're growing massively, but why aren't there 50 agents, 100 agents, if there are so many people going into this industry? The reason why we do that is because we can't accept everyone. We want to work one by one. And so I want to make sure that just as I want to become a super agent, I have to worry about my colleagues. I want to make sure that they also become super agents. And the thing is, because we're family real estate, we work as a family. And so there's no man left behind. If someone is not closing as many deals as the other person, there has to be something wrong because we're all using the same tactics. And so when you, when you look at all of us, I'm probably one of the youngest. I'm, I'm closing a lot of deals here. But when you look at even my colleagues, the, the way that we're helping them out and supporting them, they're becoming even more successful than they were at their past brokerages. We have a lot of people that move from big name brokerages and when they see the things that we're offering them, they're like, wow, this, but this is a boutique brokerage. Well, yeah, it's, it's not about the size that you're in right now. It's about how big you can grow to become. And so I think that that's something big, the fact that we're op able, to op able to offer our, our future agents something that no one else is able to offer them. And I love that camaraderie. I love that, you know, you're really building a community right yeah. now. Um, real estate, being in the business of real estate is tough because it's commission-based, right? Yes. If you sell that $700,000 property in Trump Plaza, you get a commission. Yeah. But there, are, there could be times where you don't have anything and you're literally working nine to five every day with no income coming yeah. in. So, and that's very, that's scary. That's it very daunting. Scary. Yes. So what is, what has that taught you in terms of motivation, in terms of, you know, making sure you prioritize things and working on your goals in terms of, hey, I have to work on this because if not, I'm not putting food on the table. I'm not getting any money. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's a very important topic for me. It might not necessarily have to come to the point right now in my age because I'm still living with my parents, you know, it, it doesn't have to come to the point of there's, there's not there's not going to be enough food in the table. But for a lot of agents, it is a lot of people, a lot of people. And I've seen people. I just talked with another agent uh, last week and he told me I'm an engineer and I'm quitting my job to get into real estate. 
that's scary. You're leaving your your job as an engineer to get into real estate. I if I if I were him, obviously he's gone through this process a lot, and he knows that he wants to do this. And so I think that for me, gaining motivation has to do a lot with my mentality, right? It has to do a lot with where is my mind at, where is my heart at. I would even say. And so my constant motivation is always God. I can always say that. God has let me be to where I am right now. Everything that we've done, we work as a family, but we work as a family not just in business, but also when we get closer to God. And so I, everything that I do, I owe to God, and I owe to God because six months ago I was I was door dashing, and now I'm here. And so that's a massive growth. That's something that is supernatural, and that's something that can only be done through God. And so that's my biggest source of motivation: the fact that I know that I have someone to back me up, the fact that I have that constant faith. In my business, and that it's going to succeed. That's number one. And number two is how I'm training myself. Just because I've done ten plus deals in my first five months, just because I've got these nice listings, does not mean that it's secured. Like you said, my it's based on commission. I can fall any time. Real estate can drop at any second. And well, not any second, but it just going to you know there's always going to be a, a drop in real estate. It might not come right now. It might not come next year. The bubble it, could always burst. Yep, the bubble is always going to burst. We expect it to burst in, in the next four to five years, but it's going to burst at one point. And so how are we getting prepared for that? So the best thing that I can do short term is keep educating myself. That's my biggest motivation. I'm always looking for people that are bigger than me. And so that's looking at the Gary V's. That's looking at the Ryan Serhans of real estate. That's looking at people that are re-innovating their industries and see how I can take their tactics into my industry. And so for someone, someone as young as me, the biggest thing that I can do and the biggest tactic that I've done is make sure that I know who my competition is, what are they doing, how are they being so successful, how did they get here, appreciate what they did, because if I'm able to appreciate how my competition got big, I can appreciate how I can do the things that they haven't done yet. And so that's how I get ahead. Always get ahead of the things that the competition is not doing. I think that's the best, the best, the best um, tip that I can give when it comes to being constantly motivated. And that's in any. Industry. In any industry, be, this, no, yeah, none of this even applies just to real estate. You know, always making sure that you're ahead of the competition, um, always making sure that you're staying constantly motivated. And so for me, that's some small stuff like listening to podcasts, for example. You know, right? podcasts are now becoming a huge thing. So listening to podcasts when I'm in the car, listening to YouTube videos on the people that are bigger than me. And so always educating, always staying motivated. And like I said at the beginning, for me, my biggest one is just staying close to God. Yeah, because a lot of people are excited, like, oh, I'm commission-based. Yeah. Because the potential is unlimited, right? Yeah. The ceiling is unlimited, but the floor is zero. You know? <laughs> the floor is zero, but, yeah. the, um, you know, you obviously seem on top of it. So, I mean, you know you know what you're doing. Yeah, there's a lot of people, that, like I was telling you, know, some people have gotten to sell houses for $100 million. I can only imagine what that commission looks like. Um, and there's some people that struggle, you know. There's some people that go through a year or two where they got one transaction per year. And that's not much in real estate, you know. And so how do these people get through it? it it's tough. Sometimes real estate can be tough. Um, like you said, there's the, the ground is zero. It's completely different than from something where you're working a nine to five and you've got a salary base and you know that if you failed that one project, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I got a salary base. I'll do better on my job. In real estate, if you're not getting anything, you're not getting anything. No one's going to come and tell you, hey, I saw that you were left behind. Let me help you. Of course, we do that for our agents here, but we work as a family. And so that's something that's a little bit different from the average brokerage. And going back to people coming out of like our age, coming out of that, trying to buy their first home, um, where do they start? I know it's very hard to see where they start. Obviously, if you're in New Jersey, 
family real estate. But <laughs> but for everyone, um, like for people that are trying to find where they should go, how to even find a real estate agent, how to find a listing, how to find a potential home, like where do they even start? Because let's say I, I now have the money to buy a home. What do I even do? What do I yeah. do? No, we don't, we're not taught that. What do we do? Yeah, so the biggest thing, like you said, about when it comes to the professional that you're working with, you always want to work with someone who understands what your needs are. Someone who, I would even say updated with the market, right? Someone who understands that not just what your needs are, but how your needs can be catered, how they can help you. Someone who I would call is not selfish in the sense that someone who's really working towards your benefits. That's the number one thing. So what real estate professional are you working with? Two is what are you bringing to the table? Because this real estate professional is bringing their experience, their service, their loyalty to the table. What are you bringing to the table? And so that that means what are you coming with? What did you do in the past 10 to five years to get prepared to buy a house in 2021? And so that that's how did you prepare your credit? That's those are the things that we look at. How is your credit going? How's your income going? So that means if you're a student, you finished college. If you didn't finish college, you started an amazing business. You, you, you were like me, you started real estate and you're being super successful or you're doing something, but you're stabilized. And so we, at least for lenders, you know, not even in the real estate side, for more on the mortgage side, they always look for stability. Anything, whether you're investing, you yourself are looking for stability, you're looking at the risk factors. Um, and so I think that that's the most important thing. What are you bringing to the table? Income, verification, and credit verification. Those are the two most important things. And anything that you've saved up. As savings are always going to help you in the future. And then where do I look? Do I go on social media? Do I go on Zillow? Like, what do I do? So a lot of people, there's this conspiracy theory, right? That a lot of people are like, go on Zillow, you're going to find your future house there. There's millions of houses there. The thing about Zillow is that sometimes the house might not be active anymore. The house might not be on the market anymore. And so it's important that you find that real estate professional. And so I would say in modern times, go, go to social media. I wouldn't even say, you know, go online and search up the best real estate agent locally. Go on social media, find someone who you can connect with. I think that specifically for me and my own and you know social media profiles, I make sure that I'm not just all business. I like to combine some of my personal life. I like to show pictures with my girlfriend. I like to show pictures when I'm at church, when I'm playing drums. I like to I like to show pictures of when I'm going out in the weekends. I like to do that because it makes me be relatable. And so you always want to find someone who's relatable to you, someone who understands you. In the case when we're talking about not even the purchase of, of a house, maybe even the rental of an apartment, right? So you want to find someone who can understand your needs. When I work with a lot of college students, they, they tell me, like, listen, it's, it's tough to get an apartment right now because of this reason. I can't afford an apartment with this type of rent. What can I do? I understand that. I'm a college student, right? I, I understand what they're, what they're going through. I'm, not, I'm a college student and I work in real estate. There's no better combination for a college student than that. To find an agent who understands their needs and even when you're purchasing a house, um, someone who has worked in that in with that demographic, I, I guess you could say by demographic, I mean who has worked probably with a couple who's just about to have their first baby, with a couple who's about to retire. Where do I do? Where do I go? And so I think that that's the most important thing, to look in the correct place and to find the correct person. And how are you able to build up that clientele? Because... I mean, obviously, at face value, it's if a couple's trying to find a house, like, why should I go with this 20-year-old kid? Right? Yeah. So how are you able to establish these connections? How are you able to market yourself and your business to say, hey, I know I'm young, but you could trust me. I'm going to do a great job with this house. The thing that we do, and the, the most important thing, where we're working not just as a, as a brokerage, as a family, but even individually as agents, is be able to offer the exact same experience to everyone. And so that means that no matter what the price range is for the house, if the house costs 300k, if the house if the house costs a million dollars, 
we give the exact same type of experience to every client. That's the number one thing that we always want to emphasize. It doesn't matter if the listing is going to be for 500, a million, $2 million. We want to give the exact same experience to everyone. That's what we believe with every client deserves. The second thing is how are we preparing ourselves, right? And so we prepare ourselves through our marketing, everything that we're earning. Like I told you before, you asked me this question. I thought it was a little funny before we started this. You were like, what are you doing with all this money? And so what am I doing with all this money is I'm investing it back into myself. I'm not, I, and I told you this before, beforehand, I want to get that nice Corvette. The nice Corvette for 2021 is really nice. I really want it, um, but I don't want to get it. As much as I love it, I don't, I don't think that it's the correct time because I want to invest in my own marketing. Um, the more you invest in yourself, the more you're going to get out of it. A lot of people say investing in Facebook, investing in Instagram is not going to work as much as it did five years ago. It probably, you're not going to get the same results. Does it still work? Yes, it still works. I can tell you that 85% of the clientele that we get at Family Real Estate is from social media. And so the way that you present on social media is very important. That's why it doesn't matter if I'm throwing out a picture of me with my family or me doing a transaction. I always want to be relatable. I always want to be out there. I always want people who are looking through their feed to see, oh, Julian just posted something. Let me see what it's about. That's one thing, always making sure that you're relevant to the audience. And the second thing that I told you is marketing, how you're marketing and how you're opening up for new platforms. So at least for me, I always like to be educating myself on what's new. I like to do my own marketing, even though I have my own marketing firm that works in-house for us and for our agents, I still choose to do my, my own marketing. I like to design my own stuff. And so I'm always learning new design strategies that I can do that's gonna attract my future client. The third thing that I can do is look into the future. So looking into the future means that if my price range right now of the houses that I'm selling is between five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars, how am I gonna get for it to be one million plus? And so I'm looking for the future clientele. And so the future future clientele is how am I gonna get to those people? How how am I gonna open a, a path to even get to that type of people? Because I I don't owe the same cars that they have. I I do not have a membership at a golf club uh, with a bunch of millionaires. I do not. I can't afford that right now. And so I don't have any of those things, but I'm able to get through them by different tactics, right? Not only do we do online marketing, I think that sometimes the biggest thing that you can do, and this is for any career, is throw yourself out there. And that's the biggest thing that I did when I was doing not just marketing, but real estate. I just threw myself out there. I threw myself out there and I was like, I'm going to learn as much as possible, but whatever happens, I, I go with it. I go with it and I just learn from the mistakes that I'm doing and that's how I'm going to be able to grow. But when, when you are able to launch yourself out there, you're able to understand where did I go wrong and what can I do different. And I told you this before we started recording. That is very very mature mindset that you have because, again, a 20-year-old making that kind of money, like most people don't until they're older, yeah. they would imp impulsively buy that Corvette. Yeah. So the fact that you want to invest in your future, invest in the business, invest in yourself, I mean, that's, again, I give you all the credit for that. Uh, I do want to begin to wrap this up because we're on great time and I do appreciate you uh, spending the extra time to talk to me today. Um, obviously, you know, you're one year in. What are your goals for this business? I know you're expanding rapidly. You're getting more uh, agents than ever. What are your goals for this business moving forward? Family real estate right now is, is bigger, has grown bigger in the past six months than in the past decade. Um, we've gone from having one person, which was my father, working here alongside with me, to now having more than a dozen employees. And we keep on growing. I like to constantly invest in myself. I like to constantly invest in my colleagues. So that means we're not just grabbing new agents, we're grabbing new staff, people who can help them. We have our in-house marketing firm, our in-house mortgage advisory, and we just acquired our in-house film production agency. All these things are helping our clients and they're helping our agents. And so how can I look, how do I look with these gadgets that I have now that I've gathered in the past six months? How am I looking into the future? Well, I'm looking into where else I can hit, 
right? If I'm working right now in Union County, Essex County, New Jersey, how can I get to Hudson County? I already reached Hudson County. I already got a listing in Hudson County, right? So now how am I going to move to the rest of New Jersey? How am I going to expand the brokerage? That's mainly what I'm looking at, but everything is one step at a time. And so the biggest goal that I have is obviously to go as big as I possibly can with this. I do want to become a big agent. I do want to be a celebrity agent. I do. And that's the truth. A lot of people are like, oh, don't say that because that might not happen. Well, it's the truth. I, I want to go big with real estate. I, I feel that real estate is the correct path. You're never going to go wrong with real estate. And I love helping people. I've helped people that are that are buying any range of, of homes. And I love doing it. Whether it's the first house or they've had five houses and they're moving on to the dream house. I love helping them. And so when it comes to my growth, I want to grow bigger in my own industry in real estate. But I also want to grow bigger in my future investments. And so that means that whatever family real estate is doing, that we can invest back into the people that we're working with and back into making money in other places, right? And, and being able to invest. And I think that the biggest growth is going to be in expansion. And so expansion always and in always. All right, Julian, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Uh, every episode I ask what the guest wants a shout out, obviously I know what you want to shout out. And <laughs> so, but where can people find uh, Family Real Estate? Where can they find you? Where can they find what, what you want to yeah, shout Yeah, yeah, of course. So you can always find me on my Instagram at Julian Isaac. That's I-S-A-A-C. Fuentes, F-U-E-N-T-E-S. That's my Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Find me on LinkedIn. Find Family Real Estate at Family Real Estate NJ. That's our Instagram Always make sure to follow us, like us, share us, save us. Always make sure that you're hyping us up. Even if you're not buying a house yet, I'm always looking forward to new opportunities. I'm always looking forward to connect and network with new people. And Jared, I really thank you for this opportunity. It's my first podcast and I can't wait to see you grow. I can't wait to see me grow and for us to grow together. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for having me, man. And, you know, cheers to, cheers to us. Of course. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you.